everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome back to the Busy Mom Podcast. I am really blessed today uh, to have uh, my friend Ashley Sigrist back on the podcast with me today. Today is Monday, November 7th. We are just one day away from uh, what is going to be a pivotal point in our nation's history. And I I wanted to take the last two podcasts uh, to really talk about the issue of pro-life, which for me is... Uh, the most paramount issue before us right now as believers. Uh, we have an opportunity uh, to either elect a woman who is um, absolutely in favor of partial birth abortion up until the moment that a child takes its breath outside of his mother. I heard Hillary Clinton uh, on The View not too long ago say that um, babies uh, up until the moment they're born have no constitutional rights. And what she was in essence, what she was saying was uh, that baby has no right to life is what she was saying. When she said no constitutional rights, that's really, that baby has no right to live. Uh, if uh, someone decides to kill it, it's not protected under our under our laws, which is such an egregious thing. And uh, so I have been uh, really kind of pray- prayerfully kind of moving forward. And I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I've taken a lot of heat for this. Uh, for my, my position in saying that I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, many people have said that I've, you know, sold out, that I've... Uh, compromised my faith and compromised my witness. And I can only go back to Micah 6, 8, where um, God said, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to walk justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before your Lord. And for me, part of that is to um, to we we should want justice. We the God is a God of justice. He is a just God. And we should want justice and mercy for these the most uh, vulnerable among us. And so um, my my vote rests with that. Am I happy with the choices this year? Absolutely not. Uh, I think it's it's fair to say I've uh, I cried over it <laughs> at one point. Uh, but this is our options are very uh, there are two options in this country until we have a legitimate, uh, robust it I shouldn't say legitimate until we have a robust third party option. Uh, any third party uh, vote is basically a vote for uh, whatever it is that you oppose the most. And so in my case, uh, I've been trying to urge my listeners uh, to vote pro-life whenever they get the chance. People will say, well, Donald Trump used to be pro-choice. Yes, and so did Ronald Reagan. People changed their minds. And I know Mike Pence is one of the most pro-life governors ever in the history of our nation. Uh, Trump is surrounded with godly men right now, and he needs uh, your prayers. So Hillary Clinton has promised to repeal the Hyde Amendment and also to expand abortion, not only here through your tax dollars, but around the world. And uh, and I, we we have an obligation uh, to speak up as believers on behalf of what God says is right. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I had Ashley come on the broadcast with me last Friday, and why why I have invited her back here again. So Ashley, thank you so much for uh, coming back on and being willing to talk about such a tender topic. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we were talking a little bit, um, you and I, uh, before we came on the show, just about how the culture has really sanitized uh, abortion. I think that's uh, the word that we use. And when you think of how we're how the culture talks about abortion, is this kind of? Do you feel that that's uh, kind of what we've done is just sanitized it? Yes, we see it um, in television shows. We hear celebrities now talk about how they've had an abortion and it was a great choice for them, and it's almost equated to, I went to the dentist and I had my teeth cleaned and now I get my teeth, they look great. But abortion is not the same as having your teeth cleaned. 
And we've just become numb to what abortion is. And we've forgotten that abortion is murder. And I know that for any woman out there who is post-abortive, that hearing that word seems really harsh and it seems really mean. But it's the truth. It is what it is. Mm. But our hope and what we know is that Jesus paid the fine for that sin even. And so we don't have to be afraid to call abortion what it is. And I think as a whole, Christians can stop using abortion as just something that um, we kind of steer away from because we don't want to offend anyone. And we really need to steer away from making it only a political topic. Mm. It's something that is so embedded into the church, into the body. One in three Christian women have had an abortion. And if there's one in three Christian women, well, there is a father for every one of those babies as well. Mm. And there are pastors who have chosen abortion for girlfriends before they became a pastor. I mean, it's so embedded into our church that we're doing a disservice to those people who are hurting for making that choice by not talking about it Mm, and by not being honest about what it is. And by being honest about, hey, you know, Jesus can heal even that. Yes. Well, and I think it's it's fascinating in a sad way that we have what made basically the practice of mothers killing their own babies as acceptable, that we've whitewashed it to the point where we won't even really talk about what it is, that um, what are we what are we doing to the hearts of these women that would make such a thing acceptable in the culture. And one of the reasons I appreciate you speaking out, Ashley, the way that you are is because you um, were the victim of a rape, which resulted in the conception of a child. So um, for those of you who didn't hear the first podcast, that really is, I think, what sets your story apart from so many others is this is you are one of what many Christians would consider the exception mm-hmm. to the abortion um, mandate that we see in bio, in the Bible. And, and you are actually not in favor of exceptions for rape and incest. Can you explain your position? Well, I learned the hard way by experience. But as Christians, we believe that God is the creator of life. And that his word says that he created all men in his image. And so even children conceived in rape are still created by God. They weren't created by the rapist. They were solely created by God, and their life has value. And we have to keep in mind that that innocent child didn't do anything wrong. And we shouldn't be punishing this child for the sins of the father, nor should we punish a child for um, any reason. You know, there's never a good reason to choose abortion, to choose to end a child's life out of inconvenience for ourselves. And I think we miss the greater point as Christians of remembering who is that creator, who is that God, and whose image were we each made, and remembering just how valuable every life is. Mm. 
It's so true. And I think sometimes we forget that uh, we think that we're helping the mom. And this is something I know that you can really speak to. We think that we're, we think that we're doing the kind thing for the mother, but in your life, that wasn't your experience, was it? Not at all. Um, I, I did. I bought the lie that if you get raped, you have an abortion and you can go on with your life. And, you know, why add a child? Or I remember when President Obama made the comment, why should we punish a woman with a child, you know, mm. or for, I think, a mistake. He said if his daughters made a mistake, he wouldn't want them punished with a child. A child is never a punishment. A child is always a blessing. And when you were dealing with rape victims, by telling them it's okay to have an abortion, you're just adding another deep wound, another deep burden to their already hurting heart. And so what we need to do is walk with these women and remind them that, you know what, you're stronger than you think you are. Just because this horrible thing has happened does not mean you can't overcome it. And, you know, link arms and walk with them. There are so many other options to have. There, There's adoption. There's even raising the baby. And there are stories out there of women who have made these choices instead of abortion in terms of rape. Um, and they talk about how much healing seeing that baby live brought them from the rape and that they weren't constantly reminded of the rape, but instead they saw the blessings of God and how he can even turn something as horrible and as despicable as rape into a beautiful life of a young baby. And you hear the argument, well, you can't expect a rape victim to have her rapist baby. But what we forget to acknowledge is that baby is also her child. Oh, wow. And that was something that I didn't think about. I was just trying to go on with life and basically run away from my problem. But then the moment that I acknowledged that I killed my child and I didn't just simply abort a rapist child was the moment my whole world truly crashed. I realized that at that point I had become worse than my rapist because I still had my life. And in turn, I became a murderer and it haunted me for so many years. And even after I gave my life to Christ, I still carried that weight. And even to this day, I have not forgotten the child that I aborted. He exists. He's real. He wasn't a problem I got rid of. He was a person, and I thank God every day that I can trust in his word and know that my son is in heaven. That's right. And that someday we'll be reunited, and I have that hope and promise, and only because of Jesus. And so that's a huge reason why I'm thankful that God lets me talk about one of the worst things, or the worst thing I have ever done. Because it gives my child honor and Mm -hmm. it lets me to reassure other women, you know, there is hope, there is healing, and it's all in Jesus Christ. That's right. I think as Christians, sometimes it's so easy for us to give platitude to it, to the to the words of uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans when he said in Romans eight twenty eight that we know that all things, that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And I think that sometimes we, we um, gloss over that, we'll accept for rape. 
because nothing good could ever come out of that. And I think it kind of comes down to a core belief. Either we believe the word of God is true and that he will cause all things, even rape. He will cause that to work together for good if we trust him and we allow him to use our life and we allow him to, uh, to do that work, that, that greater healing, because there really is healing that's found in Christ. And I think those of us who have gone through um, trauma in our lives, who've struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder, who understand uh, the feelings of depression and anxiety, and when you finally realize how loved you are, that God loves you so much that He is a healer and He is a restorer, it is life-changing. It literally is life-changing. So for all the people who are listening to this right now, and they're they're wondering how can I minister? How do we even recognize uh, a post-abortive woman? What what kind of encouragement can you give uh, to listeners that would love to be the hands and feet of Christ to a woman who has experienced an abortion? I know most pregnancy resource centers and CPCs offer post-abortive healing um, through Bible studies that are out there, and that's what I went through. So I want to put that out there that if a woman is listening who is post-abortive and she wants to know how she can get help, I would say contact your local CPC or Pregnancy Resource Center or our local pro-life group. They all should have contacts for you. But as far as everyone else, you know, getting involved in things, when you're in church and this topic comes up, you will usually see people kind of get squeamish and uncomfortable most post-abortive women struggle with depression and anxiety. No, not everyone who does is post-abortive, but it's highly common. Um, and it takes a while, you know, for a woman to feel like she can actually share that with other people because we fear the worst. We fear that that person's going to judge us and call us a murderer. We, we fear that they're going to just call us a baby killer and say that they can't be friends with us anymore. I go to a pretty big church, and for years, I was convinced I was the only one in my church who had ever had an abortion, because that's what Satan does. He wants to isolate us and make us feel like we're the only ones. Yes. But when I went through my post-abortive healing class, lo and behold, there was another lady from my church there. And since then, we've been able to offer these... uh, healing classes in our church and other women have come forward and walked through healing Mm. and it's a beautiful thing and a lot of the healing um, comes from when you get to acknowledge your child because for some women hiding the abortion means they're having to hide the hurt from their child and you feel guilty that you grieve your child Mm. that you you shouldn't be allowed to grieve this baby because you're the one who chose to end its life but in being able to truly grieve the loss that you have, it brings about a whole other level of healing, and you realize just how powerful Jesus is. Mm. And um, I, I think I said earlier I called my child a he. I don't. I've never saw a sonogram, but I've always believed that the child I aborted was a boy, and he has a name. His name is Joshua Schuyler, and. You know, he's real. And once women and men who have chosen abortion are also able to not just understand how much God loves them and understand just how forgiven they are, that they don't have to live in that fear and shame, but then they also are able to grieve the child they lost, it's like a whole other world opens up to you. And so I just want 
to encourage you know, anyone listening who is post-abortive to definitely seek out healing. Mm. And uh, for those of you who are listening and you're wondering about uh uh, the Pregnancy Resource Centers, I will link back to uh, Pregnancy Resources, uh, the main site on the show notes today. Also, I will link back to savethewone.com, which is a no exception pro-life group that Ashley has done some speaking for. Also, many of you know that I am very uh, involved with Save the Storks. My husband and I have been yeah. uh, working for them around the country and uh, love what they do too in just offering women um, ultrasounds. Ultrasound technology has proven to be an incredible tool for those of us who are working hard uh, to help women see the the humanity of the child yeah. that they're carrying. And so, um, Ashley, I'm going to do something I don't normally do and just uh, end this particular podcast in a word of prayer. Father, we're coming before you right now, Lord, and we just want to bring all of the issues that are facing our nation right now to your feet. Oh, Father, you see the trouble that we're in. Lord, this nation, as a nation, we have sinned against you, Father. Lord, I pray that as uh, we go out to vote tomorrow, Lord, that you would be present. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move on the hearts of your people, that they would not sit this one out. Father, I pray that your people everywhere would get up and that they would move into action beyond words. Father, I pray that you'd help us put action to our words. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be burdened for the plight of the unborn in this nation. Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to reach out to women who have experienced the pain of abortion and show them a healing that is found in your Son. God, I thank you that I have been able to experience healing in my own life. Lord, I thank you for Ashley's story. Father, you are the healer. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, Elroy, the God who sees. Lord, you see everything about us. And so there's nothing hidden from you, Lord, and there's nothing that you can't redeem. And so, Father, for every woman who's listening to this today who is brokenhearted, who doesn't know where else to turn, Father, I pray that you would speak to her, that she would feel your arms wrap around her and feel uh, your Holy Spirit minister to her. Your word says that you literally bend down to listen to us when we pray. Your word says in Isaiah that you are near to the brokenhearted, that you bind up their wounds. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd begin even now a healing work of binding up the wounds of the women who are listening to this, who need so desperately to know that they are loved and forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that you love and forgive us, Father. And I pray that as uh, today turns into tomorrow and we uh, see what's ahead for our nation, Father, that we would continue just to turn back to you no matter what happens uh, with the election, Lord, that your people who are called by your name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And then you will heal our land. You've promised to do it, Lord, and we're putting our faith and our trust in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Ashley, thank you so much for for, uh, these last two days just coming on and sharing your story. It's been a tremendous blessing to me, and I know it's going to be very powerful to the women who are listening. Thank you. I'm going to just end by something I read off of um, Ashley's blog. She ends with saying, sweet friend, I don't know what season of life this post may find you in, but I hope you know the God of the universe, the great I am, loves you. No matter what you've done or what's been done to you, he can heal and restore all things. Those are powerful words. Thanks, Ashley. This is Heidi St. John. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.